Thank you for downloading our podcast today. We hope this message is a blessing to you. For more information about Revolution, check us out at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. You know, we've been in the series called Identity, and I want to take a break from the series because I feel like um, all weekend long, the Lord had, has been dealing with me about the events that are happening all around the world with, with the civil unrest that we're all experiencing. I know you're thinking about it. I know you're concerned about it. I know you have questions about it, just like I do, okay? And I just believe together, we're gonna do this together. We're gonna do what we always do best. We go to the Word of God. I believe God's Word has answers for everything in life. I believe God's Word has an answer for us on how we can go through this time together as we face the civil unrest that's happening all around the world. I am telling you, Jesus is still on the throne, and I'm telling you that He has answers in His Word for us today. So we're going to take a break from the Identity Series. We'll pick up on that next week, but I just really believe God has a timely word for us this morning. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to join your faith with me and I want you to believe with me together. Come on, can you do that? That the Holy Spirit will speak to us. That He will not only speak through me, but that He will cause you to hear the things that you need to hear. I may not even say something that you need to hear, but because we serve a supernatural God and we serve a Holy Spirit that knows no bounds, He will help us to understand the things that we need to understand. That is the beauty of belonging to a community of believers, belonging to a church that believes that we serve a very real risen God. Okay, so join your faith with me right now. Let's believe God together today for supernatural answers that can come out of the word of God. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these precious ones who jumped on here today, Lord, to hear your word and to be ministered to by your word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would cause the listener to hear. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help all of us to grow together in this season and become everything that you have called revolution to be. And Lord, we just thank you for anybody that's watching for the first time. Maybe somebody's watching, Lord, that doesn't know you, that doesn't know Jesus. And I just pray throughout the, the time together that they would come to the knowledge of salvation, that we would say something that would strike their heart to have a personal relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We believe you for all these things in advance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up with me to the book of John. We're gonna read John 16, 33 together. I believe Jesus has an answer for his church, has an answer for you and me right out of the scriptures. Okay, John chapter 16, verse 33. Look what it says here. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But notice what he says here. But take heart. I have overcome the world. What's the setting here? When Jesus makes this profound statement that a lot of us have heard before. The context of this statement was, was found in, at the end of Jesus' ministry. The Israelites, the people that Jesus ministered to for the majority of his ministry, were in Roman occupation. Roman occupation was harsh. 
It was filled with tyrannical rule and, and people that were unreasonable. And the Israelites, who, who are a stubborn people, a, a people who are a, a pride uh, a prideful group of people that had their ways that were set in stone, okay? They had to live in this Roman occupation. And so what you had in this time, in this era, uh, were constant protests, pro, uh, constant skirmishes, constant constant fights and arguments and, and skirmishes with Roman occupation, okay? And it, it was constant, okay? And Jesus shows up, and for the first time in the middle of this occupation, a man shows up that garners the support and garners the, the hearts of thousands of people. Thousands of people are following Jesus to the hillside to hear what he has to say. And he's saying things that they've never heard before. He's leading in a way that they've never seen before. And so the political leaders of the day, they were just like, this must be the Messiah that we've been looking for. And they kept trying to make Jesus the leader of the Israelites in the hopes of freeing them from tyrannical rule. Are you getting the setting? So this, and so Jesus makes this statement. He says, I have told you these things at the end of his ministry that in me, you will have peace. But in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This word peace is gonna minister to us right now. This word peace means this. It means the absence of rage, the absence of the ravages of war, the absence of violence, the absence of destruction. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, in me, you will have peace. I want you to see a strategy here. In me, you're going to have peace. But in the world, you're going to have tribulation. In me, you're going to know how to get through difficult seasons of your life. Even right now, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. If you do things the world's way, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation is what he's saying. He said, but listen, stay in me. Stay in me and you're going to have peace. You're going to be free from the ravages of war. Stay in me and I'm going to show you a different way how to get through this situation. Come on, are you with me today? In me, you will have peace, but in the world, you will have tribulation. Here's what Jesus was saying when he makes this statement. And I, and I hope you guys relate to this and I hope you hear this with my whole heart. What he was saying was this. Join me in a different way of approaching situations. What he was saying, he said, I am the answer for whatever you need in your life. And I've been saying this since, since the beginning of this pandemic, and you guys know that I've been saying this. Since the pandemic started, we said, Jesus is the answer for COVID-19. Then it led to this financial chaos. Then we said, Jesus is the answer for the financial chaos we find ourselves in right now. And now I'm offering you something else. I'm telling you that Jesus is the answer for the civil rest, unrest that we find ourselves in right now. He says it right over here. It is a new strategy, folks. And here's what he was saying when he said, in me, you will have peace. But in the world, you have tribulation. What he was saying, I've come to show you a different way how to get through situations. I have come to bring a revolution of a different kind. 
Are you getting this? Come on. Somebody already put the pieces together. What he was saying is, I've, I've come to bring life and life more abundant in the middle of the chaos. I have come to show you a different kind of way to protest. I've come to show you a different revolution, a revolution of a different kind. You see, the Israelites wanted a revolution of violence. They wanted a revolution that involved destruction. But Jesus came and said, I'm coming to give you a different kind of revolution. I believe with all of my heart that this is probably the reason why God put it on our heart to call this ministry Revolution Church. Because like Jesus, we have come to preach and to teach a different kind of revolution. Come on, somebody. And here's what I want you to do. I, I, I want us to do two things today. And I believe if we do these two things today, this will help us to go through this time of this unrest that's happening all around the world. And here's the first thing I want you to do. I am enlisting, enlisting you to join this revolution, a revolution of a different kind, the revolution that Jesus talked about, okay? And the revolution that, that, that God put in my heart, the first thing was this, was that we would spend the rest of our life to discover God's unchanging love. That's the vision of our church. It's to discover God's unchanging love. And when God gave me the vision of that church, he helped me to see that all of my life, I, I had believed the scriptures, the, the scriptures teach that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that. I believe that he, his word doesn't change and God's not a, a man that he would lie and that his word would change in us. That when God says something, he would do what he said and he would back up his word. I believed all that. But for some reason, I had a disconnect that this also applied to how much God really loves Dino. For some reason, even though I knew God's word was true and even though I knew all of those things I just said, I lived my life in a way that I thought God's love for me was conditional. I lived my life in a way where I felt like when my love was hot for God, then his love was hot for me. I also lived my life in a way that my, when my love grew cold for God or grew distant for God or backslid like all of us understand, I thought then God's love for me grew cold and God's love for me grew distant. But I found out through the course of this revolution that I experienced that God's love never changes. When I'm hot, God's love is the same. When I'm cold, God's love is the same. When I'm doing good, God's love is the same. When I'm in failure or even in sin, God's love is still the same. God's love doesn't change. And in this revolution that I discovered of God's unchanging love, it brought such peace. It brought such security. It brought such balance to me. I found myself out of the up and down cycles that we have all experienced in our walk with God. I found a place of stability, a place of peace, a place of absence of all trial. Come on, somebody. And I believe that's what God is saying to us today. I believe he's saying it prophetically in this hour right now. God knew that we would plan our church and we would call it revolution. 
He knew I didn't know that we were going to come into COVID-19. I didn't know we were going to come into this financial chaos. I didn't know that we were going to come into all of the civil unrest. I didn't know any of this stuff, but he knew. And I believe he put it on our heart to call our ministry revolution. So this way, our answer for this time we live in right now can be found in discovering God's unchanging love. Listen, I got to tell you something. Just listen to this. 2 Corinthians 5, I want you to see this for yourself. 14, it says this. When we understand what this really means, this is, this is absolutely amazing. Actually, before we read that scripture, let's go back and read 1 John 4, 16. I want to read this scripture so you can understand the foundation for this revolution that I'm talking about. 1 John 4, 16, it says this. Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. It's in the Berean Study Bible. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. We've come to know and believe the love that God has for us because God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. We've all heard this, that God is love. God is love. And we even have probably heard that God loves you. God loves you. But here the, the, the beginning of the scripture says, but do you know it and do you believe it? See, friends, it's just not enough to know that God loves you. You've got to believe it for yourself personally. This is where the revolution begins. When you know God loves you and you believe it personally, life transformation begins to happen. A revolution will happen inside of you. A revolution will take place inside of you with the way you treat your spouse, with the way you act as a coworker, with the way that you, you, you act as a husband or a wife or a parent, with the way you work with the way you even see somebody who has a different color of skin than you do. When we understand this revolution, this love, and we live by it, it opens up the kind of world that Jesus called us to live in. Now, I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, verse 14. Here's what I believe can happen to us when we know and believe for ourselves personally how much God loves us. When you believe God really loves you, you will live different. You'll begin to believe different and you'll begin to live different. You'll begin to treat others different. Look what this says here. For the love of Christ, this is 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ constrains us. See what happens when you know and you believe that God really loves you. Listen, and I'll take this a step further and that you would take your time to begin investing in God, you love me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. That you would spend more time saying, Lord, thank you for loving me than how much you love God. This transformation will begin to take place. And you'll notice this happening. The love of Christ will begin to constrain you. What does that mean? This constraining power comes inside of you revelation starts coming inside of you on how to act in difficult situations how to act when our emotions are flaring how to act when we find ourselves when we're mistreated how to act when we find ourselves abused looked over passed over mistreated come on somebody the love of God. God knows that we've been mistreated. God knows that we've been overlooked. God knows all of these things, but he also knows that his strategy to help us to overcome is to discover for ourselves personally how much 
God loves us. I am inviting you to join this revolution. Join this revolution to discover how much God loves you. Listen, it's got to move just beyond our head now. We can't just mentally assent to it. I believe there's a transformation. I believe there's a revelation that God wants to give us. And here's how I got it last night. I got this last night as I was praying about this. I believe that God wants to weaponize his love in this season. And he wants to weaponize his love through you and me in this season. The world is hurting. It started with COVID, moved into the financial chaos, and now this civil unrest. The world is hurting. And I believe we are starting a revolution of a different kind. A revolution where we live and we know how much God loves us. And we begin to treat others the same way and weaponize this kind of love. Listen, listen, you can't help but Think about Dr. Martin Luther King right now with what I'm about to say, because he, he gave us this amazing quote. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Come on, somebody. I believe God is calling us to a revolution of a different kind, a revolution of discovering his unchanging love. That's where our answers are. Listen, I have seen this operate in the church. I've seen this operate in our life. It is the most beautiful thing. Listen, it is the most beautiful thing that when you have a church and in that church, you can have a multi-millionaire business owner sitting in that church and he's sitting next to a fast food worker and the two of them can sit next to each other in church, whether they're white or black. It makes no difference of color. They can sit next to each other in church. That They can embrace each other. They can shake hands. They can actually have fellowship together. I have seen this. This is what the love of God does. This is what discovering God's unchanging love does. It brings us together. It helps us to look past our differences. I've seen this happen in such a dramatic way. I'll never forget a season of our church. One time there were two families in this, there's a couple in this church and they divorced and they started dating other people and then they remarried and they ended up back in our church and every single Sunday sitting in the same row together. Why? Because they discovered God's unchanging love. They, were, they understood how to look past each other's differences, even in a situation like that, because of God's unchanging love. Come on, somebody. Is anybody getting this today? Join us. A revolution of a different kind. I just believe that's what God has for us. And if you're, if you, listen, and I'll just be bold enough to say this. If you're not a part of a church community that doesn't have this kind of love in it, this kind of, this kind of respect for each other, it may be time to start looking for a community where you can find this. They're out there. We're not just the only ones. There's a lot of them that are out there, but it may be time to find yourself in an environment where you can experience this kind of unchanging love, all right? So here's the second thing I want you to do today, and I believe this is the answer. I want you to join us and join the ranks of people all around the world who are praying for this civil unrest that's happening right now. It's happening all around the world. There are groups of people literally praying all around the world. See, 
The next step, the very next step of love, when you begin to, to discover God's unchanging love, is to then move with a heart of compassion to start praying and to start believing that God will start healing and that God will start doing some amazing things. And, and maybe, how about this one? That maybe revival or an awakening will be birthed out of this situation. Look what it says here in Psalm 46.10. I love this. It says this. It says, he says, be still and know that I am God. Friends, I want you to know this is not a time to go out there and get crazy. This is a time to be still and know that Jesus is in control. Be still and know that Jesus is in control. Be still and enter into a time of prayer. Watch this. I will be exalted among the nations. That's what's happening. I believe Jesus is going to be exalted in the nations through all of this. And I believe he's going to be, it goes on to say, I will be exalted in the earth. That's what he's saying. This is the time to be still and know that I'm God. And I want you to think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. This time that we find ourselves, I find it so interesting that we've, we've been in a season of being still. A lot of us, for three months, we've been still, right? For three months, we've been being filled up and filled up and filled up. And you know what I believe the time is? Now is the time to step up and pray and to declare and to lead. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to join this revolution with me? It's time to pray. And it's time to believe God, to fill up and to step up and to be leaders that God has called us to be in this time. So here's what I want to talk about today. I want, I want, there's, there's four things that I want us to pray about. I believe this is the, the, the next step for us right now. Everybody's looking for, for answers and I believe it starts right here. The first thing, we have to pray for these four things. And this first thing I want us to pray about is praying for understanding. Pray for understanding. We need understanding right now. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter one that you and I could pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon us, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened and we would know, listen, we would know, we would know the hope of our call. We need to pray for understanding right now like we've never prayed before. Friends, listen, we have got, this is the time where we've got to begin understanding each other. Listen, and I'm going to just say this right now. I can't pretend to tell you that I understand what goes on in the life of an African-American. I can't. I can't. I'm not African-American, and a lot of you guys aren't either. And, and we can't pretend to say we understand what they go through on a daily basis. I'm just saying I'm putting it out here right now. But what we can do is we can pray for understanding. We can pray that God will give us compassion that God will give us supernatural insight to what's happening in our world and that you and I can be part of the solution, not the problem. I don't believe the violence and the destruction of property is the answer. I don't believe that's the answer at all. That's only making matters worse. We have the God-given right to protest and we should protest within the parameters given to us but I believe protest needs to yield to something fruitful, not destructive. We need to pray for understanding. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this right now. In, in this praying for understanding, we have to understand that black lives really do matter. They do. And I always just 
People always say, well, all lives matter. They do really matter. But right now, right now, in this moment, we have to understand that black lives matter. And we have to pray as a community to understand this. Listen, Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, he stood up and he said, blessed are the poor. Why did he have to say that? Because they were overlooked. They were being abused. They were being taken advantage of. So he had to stand up and say, blessed are the poor. And I could just hear somebody out there saying, well, non-poor people matter too. I understand non-poor people matter too. Everybody matters to Jesus. Come on, somebody. We all know that Jesus loves everybody. But right then and there, he had to address a certain class of people because they were being abused. And right now is the same. We need to be able to understand. We got to understand each other, guys. Come on. And I believe God has given us the scripture, the spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand, understand with compassion, understand with tolerance, understand with insight. Come on, is somebody with me today? Here's the second thing that we need to pray. We need to pray for justice. Look what the scripture says. Listen, let me just tell you, justice is God's idea. All right, look what it says here in Isaiah 61. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. God loves justice. When he says, I hate robbery and wrongdoing, he's saying, I hate the things that people do that are wrong, but I also hate the violence and the destruction that, it can, uh, that can be the result of it. I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing in my faithfulness. I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. God loves justice, not mob justice, not the destruction of property, not the destruction of another human life. Guys, come on. We're better than this. This community, this community of believers right here, I know you guys. I know you understand. But anybody outside this community, come on. We're better than this. You're watching this for the first time. We're better than this. Let's pray for justice. Let's pray for justice. Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an escapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. This is amazing. This is why justice is so important because we are all affected. Listen. The scripture teaches us that there is no Jew, no Gentile. There isn't uh, male or female. There isn't black or white in Christ Jesus. We are all brothers and sisters, and we have to treat each other that way. And I believe that we should pray for justice, justice to be served, not mob justice, not the court of public opinion, but the justice of God. Romans goes on to tell us that vengeance belongs to God. Let's, when we do things in the justice kind of way that the scripture teaches, I believe true justice is served and I believe everybody comes out better. I really believe that. So we need to pray for justice. Listen, here's the next thing we need to pray for. We need to pray for healing. We need to pray for our nation to heal. We need to pray for the world to heal. We need to pray For Mr. George Floyd's family. We need to pray for them. They need to be healed. We need to pray for the police officer's family. They need to be healed. We need true justice to be served, but they still need to be healed. 
because that's God's heart. Families need to be healed. Nations need to be healed. Cities need to be healed. I'm praying for healing for George families, for George Floyd's family, and I hope you do too. I'm praying for healing for our police officials. I, I hope you do too. I believe that God wants healing to come to our nation. I believe you can join us in this revolution to pray for healing. Finally, we need to pray for forgiveness. We need to pray for forgiveness. We have to forgive each other. Jesus said, our sin and lawless deeds, he would remember no more. Why do we remember the sin and lawless deeds of others so easily? I know it hurts, but because of this revolution of discovering God's unchanging love, we've got to pray for forgiveness. We've got to pray for forgiveness in all of this. Forgiveness for every community. Forgiveness for government officials. Forgiveness in people who wronged us. Forgiveness in people who've hurt us. Forgiveness of people who've overlooked us. Forgiveness of people who've abused us. We have to pray for forgiveness. Can you guys join me on this? I had to find it in my heart to find forgiveness towards a murderer. Yes, I, I had the privilege of marrying a beautiful young couple. They served with me in ministry. I love that couple. They're amazing. A part of a beautiful family. And they're kidnapped, tortured, and brutally murdered under my watch as a pastor. Yeah, it was probably one of the hardest times in my life. Sit there in that packed funeral home trying to find answers, trying to figure out how could this destructive thing happen to such a beautiful family and to such beautiful people that I married, that I knew personally. One of the hardest things I had to do in my life to start that funeral, to initiate it while the killer was still at large. It was probably the most difficult things I had to do in my life. And in the middle of that funeral, somebody slipped me a note and said that while the service was going on that the killer was apprehended. And that brought a little bit of peace. It brought a little bit of comfort. But I could still see the two people, the two young kids. And then we found out later that she was pregnant. It was terrible. It just was going bad to worse. I had to sit there. And I had to deal with all the rage and all the anger in my heart. And then I thought about this. Then I thought about the parents who were sitting there in the front row going through the same emotions. Not, they're not going to be able to experience the things that parents should be experiencing with a young married couple. They're never going to get a chance to meet their grandchild. Never. And I thought about the rage that was in their heart and the hurt and the pain. I think about the rage and the heart and the pain that's happening in our communities right now. But I'm telling you right now, we've got to pray for forgiveness. We can find the strength for it as we know and believe in how much God loves us. That's where we're gonna find the strength to pray for forgiveness. And right now, maybe you're watching, or maybe you're gonna watch this later, I'm, and I'm talking to you. You're dealing with pain and you're dealing with the rage 
I get it. I understand. It's, it's, it's rightfully so. But listen, we've got to deal with that, that unforgiveness. We've got to deal with the rage because you know what? It'll just make matters worse and worse and worse if we don't fix it. It'll lead to destruction. It'll, it'll lead us to do things that we're going to regret later. We've got to pray for forgiveness. Jesus has already forgiven us. We've said it earlier. He's forgiven us for our past, present, and future sins. But now it's time for us, because we know that we've been forgiven past, present, and future, to forgive others. And I, I just I want to just pray with you right now, a special prayer for everybody watching right now. You said, Pastor Dino, I, I need that. I need my heart to heal. My heart's scared. My heart's dealing with bitterness. My heart is dealing with rage. Yeah, I get it. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God for God to bring healing into your heart. But let me just tell you this. This healing begins first by coming to the place when we say, Jesus, I'm going to surrender my life to you. Maybe you're watching and you're a believer and it's just time to say, I'm going to surrender my life to you, Jesus. I've been sitting on the throne of my life. Now I'm going to ask you to sit on the throne of my life and reconnect. I want to pray for you, if that's you. Pray that God help, help us deal with any bitterness or rage we may be dealing with. But I also want to pray with you, if you're watching for the first time, and you say, Pastor Dino, all of these things about discovering God's unchanging love, they really speak to me. But I don't think I know Jesus like you're talking about. I want to invite you to know him if you're watching for the first time or if, you're, if you've never received Christ into your heart. Listen, by receiving Christ into your heart, that is the beginning of this discovery. That is the beginning of this revolution that I'm talking about, of discovering his unchanging love for you. A love that knows no bounds. A love that will not hold your past against you. A love that will not hold your present against you. And a love that will not even hold your future against you. That's the kind of Jesus that we serve. And you say, Pastor Dino, I don't know this Jesus. Then I want you to know him. I want to invite you to personally know him right now. So wherever you are right now, I'd like you just to bow your head and just to pray with me and agree with me that Jesus Christ will come into your life. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone right now struggling with any kind of forgiveness, unforgiveness in their life, rage, bitterness. I pray for healing, Lord, supernatural healing. I pray, Lord God, for understanding. I pray for justice. I pray for healing. And I pray for forgiveness, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. And for the one that's watching. I pray that you open your heart to Jesus right now and accept him and just pray this simple prayer just like this. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Heal my heart. Heal my mind. I receive you as my personal savior. Help me. I believe God that you sent Jesus to die for my sins and you raised him from the dead to pay for my sin. And right now, I accept you, Jesus, as my personal savior. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to send the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give or about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.